Thanks for checking out Church on the Rock's message this week. We would love to help you take your next step in knowing God better. The best way to do that is visit cotr.org slash next steps. Or if you're not near our physical campus, visit our online community at cotr.org slash online. Enjoy the message and know that God is for you. I'm very excited tonight about part two of how to claim a promise. So let's look at it. There are over 7,000 promises in the Bible. There's 7,000 promises in the Bible. And that's very important that we understand that just because God promised it doesn't mean it's going to come to pass. Just because God promised it, it doesn't mean it's going to come to pass. You know, God gave them the promised land. Remember, the children of Israel were led by Moses out of Egypt. They were to go into the promised land. God says, I give this to you, but you have to go possess it. So God gave it, but they had to take it. God has given you and me 7,000 promises in the Bible. He's given them, but you and I have to learn how to take them or learn how to claim them for ourselves. So that's what we're talking about last Wednesday night and tonight, how to claim those promises. You know, the Bible is awesome, isn't it? I know you love the word. And 66 books and 40 authors over thousands of years and never contradicts itself. It's a supernatural anointed book, right? So this book was written to you, was written to me, and we want to know what belongs to us, right? We want to know what belongs to us and what God's promised to us. So number one, as we begin tonight, reviewing just a little bit on how do you claim a promise, number one, you have to know what belongs to you. You have to know what belongs to you. You have to know what God has promised before you can claim it, okay? I remember years ago, everybody say years ago, decades ago in another city, uh, another community, I bought a new car. You know, I'm a car guy. Bought a new car, enjoyed that car. It was a Dodge Challenger. I enjoyed that car. It was an awesome car. But then I went to trade that car in. And when I went to trade that car in, the dealership, one of the salesmen came to our church that we were pastoring, Kim and I. So I took the car in, and the used car salesman at the dealership was a member of our church. He said, Pastor, I'm going to give you a really good deal. And so I said, okay, we'll come down, look at my car, tell me what you give, give me for it, what I can trade it in for, for this particular car you all have on the lot that I want. So I drove the car down, and he said, okay, uh, Pastor, we're going to go take it for a drive. He came back, and he said, wow. And he started talking about, wow, it has this. It has that. Did you know it has this option? He started naming all the options that this car that I'd had for a couple of years had. I didn't even know it. I didn't even read the manual. I didn't read the, the instructions. I didn't even know what belonged to me. I didn't know what I had when I had that car. Do you know what you have when you have salvation? All the promises that God has given to us. So number one, if I'm going to claim a promise, I have to know what belongs to me. Next place, guys. Number two, next slide. I have to then agree with it. I have to agree with it. Once I read it and find it in the Bible, the promise, then I have to agree with it. I can't, you know, doubt it. I can't debate it. I can't argue over it. I don't question it. John Osteen, 
my pastor, who's now in heaven, years ago, he had a real simple sermon on how to claim a promise. John Osteen said, it's the ABCs of faith. He said, here's how you claim a promise. Letter A is agree with it. Letter B, believe it. Letter C, confess it. And that's how you claim a promise, the ABCs. So how do you claim a promise from God? You have to know what belongs to you. Number two, you have to agree with it. Number three, next slide, you start speaking it daily. We've got to say it. We've got to communicate, declare, decree a thing, and it shall come to pass. You've got to start confessing it in order to claim it. Next slide, guys. Number four is you have to act like I have it already. You have to act like I have it already. Simple, basic truths that we looked at last Wednesday night. But let's go to the Bible, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. I love the word. Don't you love the word? Amen. According as his divine power, he has given unto us. Everybody say given. He's given unto us all things. Everybody say all things. Given all things that pertain to life and godliness. Life there is natural. Godliness is your spiritual life. So God wants to meet all of your needs. God wants to meet all of my needs in the natural and the spiritual. He's a good God, isn't he? Through the knowledge of him, how does he, how does he give us those things? Through the knowledge of him that has called us into glory and virtue. And then look at verse 4. Whereby he's given unto us exceedingly and great and precious, what? What? I can't hear you. Promises. He's given us these precious promises, over 7,000. Through claiming those promises, he meets all your physical needs and all your spiritual needs. He's given us these great and precious promises, and that by these promises, you partake of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. Next slide, guys. Next slide. Deuteronomy 34, verse 1 through 4. This is amazing. This is a story in the Bible of Moses at the end of his life. Moses was to lead them out of Egypt into the promised land. It stands for all the promises God's given to you and me. But notice there were giants over seven different tribes of giants in the land, enemies to their inheritance. God gave it, but they had to fight for it. God has given you and I all these promises that are so precious, but you and I have to fight for those promises. They don't fall on our lap. We're going to have to fight the good fight of faith to obtain the promises that God has made to you and me. So let's look at this story. It's amazing. He comes to the end of his life. He's about to die. He's turning it over to a new leader, Joshua. The old generation is going to pass away. The new generation is going to go into the promised land and possess their possessions. And Moses went up from the plains of Moab unto the mountain of Nebo on top of Pisgah. So notice something. He had to go to a new level. He had to go up. He had to go to a new level to see what God had promised to him. Moses went up up from the plains of Moab and to the mountain of Nebo to the top of Pisgah that is over against Jericho. 
And the Lord showed him all the land that he had promised him. So he's wanting him to see it, but to see it, he had to go to a new level. Now, I'm going somewhere with all of this, okay? How to claim a promise from God. So it's the end of his life. He's about to die. He's about to release his leadership to a new leader. A new generation is going in to possess what he promised the earlier generation. You know, I heard growing up from well-meaning people, I heard growing up from well-meaning people that if it's God's will, it's going to come to pass. Not necessarily. There are conditional promises in the Bible and unconditional promises in the Bible. What does that mean? Some of those promises, I have to meet the condition. Other promises, I don't have to do anything. They're going to come to pass. Like the rapture, the second coming, all of the events that have been prophesied, they're going to come to pass. No conditions have to be met. I can't stop it. I can't hinder it. God promised it. It's going to come to pass. But there are other promises that God has made to you and me as individuals, and for them to come to pass, they're conditional promises. I have to do something for that to come to pass. The will of God very rarely happens in an individual's life. God's will was for that generation to go in and possess the promises, but they did not. Even though God gave it to them, they didn't take it. They didn't claim it. So Moses is here. He climbs up to the top of a mountain. God says, I want you to see the promised land. I want you to see the promises. Next slide, guys. Verse 2. And the land, he names off the boundaries of the land, unto the uttermost parts of the sea. He's wanting him to see what he had been promised. Verse 3. Next slide. And the south of the plain of the valley, the city of the palm trees, and to Zoar. Next verse. And the Lord said unto him, This is the land that I promised Abraham. This is the promised land. This belongs to you. Saying, I will give it unto your seed. I have caused you to see it with your eyes, but you will not possess it. I've caused you to see it with your eyes, but you will not possess it. Now, the reason that he couldn't go in was because of unbelief, right? Because of unbelief. So from these four verses, you and I are going to learn some lessons on how to claim a promise from God that he's given to you and to me from his word. Number one, God wants you to see it. You've got to see yourself with it. You've got to see it coming to pass. God wanted Moses to see the promised land. You have to see it to seize it. You have to see it to seize it. Number two, second lesson. Next slide, guys. God wants you to possess it and enjoy it. God wanted Moses to go into the land. It was God's will. It had been promised to his forefathers. It was part of his inheritance. It belonged to him, but he didn't possess it. God wants you to possess it And God not only wants you to possess these promises, but he wants you to enjoy his very best, a higher quality of life. Next slide. Number three, what do we learn? You will have to go up to a new level to see it. Notice he couldn't stay in the valley. God took him on top of a mountaintop to have a different perspective, a different outlook. 
you're going to have to go to a new level to see all that God has for you. You see, where you and I are at tonight, God has much more. God has much more. He's the God of more than enough. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever ask or think. God always has more. There's always more in God. And to go from level to the next level, I've got to have a new perspective. I've got to have a new mindset. I've got to have a new outlook. Moses couldn't stay in the valley. God took him up to the mountaintop to see what had been promised to him. Number four, next slide. Don't wait to the end of your life to discover his promises for you. Don't wait to the end of your life. Moses was at the end of his life. It was at the very end of his life for him to finally discover and see what God had promised to him. Don't wait. Don't put it off. Don't postpone it. I want you, as of tonight, I want you to find the promises in the Bible that concern you, and I want you to begin to claim them so then eventually you'll possess them and you will eventually enjoy the abundant life. Next slide, number five. Don't allow unbelief to hold you back. Because of Moses' act of unbelief, God said, you won't, you'll see it, I'll show it to you, but you won't enjoy it because of your unbelief. Unbelief will hinder us and hold us back from what God has promised to us. It's not what the world says to you or about you. It's what does God say to you and about you. Don't let unbelief of others jump off on you. Don't let their lack of faith jump off on you. Don't let their doubt jump off on you. Don't allow unbelief to hold you back. What else do we learn from this story? Number six, next slide. Got to get alone with God to discover all he has promised to me and to you. Moses was up on the mountaintop all alone with God. It was God and him. In my own life, I gave my life to Jesus when I was 11 years old. I walked the aisle in an assembly of God Pentecostal church, a little church of 100 people. And I walked the aisle, went to the altar, gave my life to Christ. Oh, God was, I got born again. I got saved. I became a believer. I became a Christian. My mom and dad, my sister and I, we started going to church. My dad eventually became a deacon in that church. My mom, the Sunday school superintendent, every time the doors were open, we were there. You know, they weren't perfect, but it was great, okay? But then as I got older, I began to hear some things. I thought, is that what God's like? Is that what God thinks? And you know what? It wasn't until I got alone with God for myself. And I started reading the Bible, and I began to realize, you know what? Some of the things they're saying to me and telling me contradicts what God has promised to me. God has promised to me to meet the desires of my heart. I heard growing up all my life, God will only meet your needs. God will only meet your needs. Don't ever ask him for a desire or a dream. I heard my life growing up, Dave, you're a dreamer. What makes you think you're going to be a success? I would tell people, yeah, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and they would take it wrong, and they, they would think it wrong, and they would put me down for thinking big things, dreaming big dreams. 
So it wasn't until I got alone with God in my private time, searching the scriptures like the Bereans in the New Testament to find out, what does God say? God said he's for me and no one can stop me. God said that he has a dream for my life, a vision, a purpose for my life. And, you know, it's kind of like us, isn't it? Our mission is to lead people to a God who's for them and help them discover his purpose for their life. Now you know where that comes from. My experience from my upbringing, told told to put down my dreams, put down the purpose that I thought God had for me, to think little, to think small, don't dream big. I found out that a lot of things I was told about God from people who I thought knew God, they were totally met right, but totally wrong. So you got to get alone. Moses was alone. Moses was alone upon that mountain, and God showed him what he promised to him. Years ago, everybody say years ago, 1976, I can still remember it, in the spring of that year. I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm going to a Bible college. It's, it's on a chapel morning during the week, and it's in an auditorium. The lights are low like this, and we had chapel, and everybody left, and I decided to stay. Wasn't anybody else that I knew of in that chapel. It seat 2,000 people. It was large. It was big, kind of like our South Campus. I remember I ran to the altar, and the lights were dim, and I didn't know. I couldn't see anybody else in there. It was God and me. And that's when God confirmed to me, I called you to be a pastor teacher. I I called you to raise up a great work, a large work, an enduring work. When did I get that confirmation? When I was all alone with God. Number seven, what do we learn from this? Number seven, next slide, guys. I got to get in his presence every day. It's in his presence there's fullness of joy. It's in his presence there's pleasures of his right hand. It's in his presence that he guides us. He leads, confirms to us what he's called us to be, do, and have. Moses was in the presence of God while God was showing him what he could have had, what he had been promised, but because of unbelief, he couldn't possess it. I'm telling you tonight, No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're feeling, you know, rise up against all of that and begin to claim the promises of God for you, and your life will turn around. Can we have a praise break? Come on, let's give the Lord a big praise. Hallelujah. All right. Next slide, guys, on the screen. So takeaways, Joshua chapter 1, takeaways. We're going to give you now some takeaways. How do I claim the promises of God, make it real practical, real simple. We've already covered it, but I want to even break it down even more simple. You're going to find out that we claim the promises of God through meditating in the Word of God. We claim the promises of God by meditating through meditation on the Word of God. That's how we learn to claim the promises of God. The word meditate, it means to visualize, It means to verbalize. It means to personalize. It means to memorize. Did you get all those eyes? So doing that, what's going to happen? You're going to condition yourself to claim the promises of God. So let's look at this. I'm going to read to you Joshua 1, verse 1 through 8, and then I'm going to give you seven. Everybody say seven. Seven 
promises God made to Joshua. Seven is the number for perfection. Seven promises in eight verses that God made to Joshua. Moses just passed away. We just read it in Deuteronomy 34. Now we're in Joshua chapter 1. New leader, new generation, new perspective, new vision. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, My servant Moses is dead. Now, therefore, arise. What is he saying? Go possess your promised land. I've given it to you, but you got to take it. It's not going to happen easily. It's not going to happen automatically. You're going to have to fight for it. You're going to have to go after it. Okay? So all these people to the land, which I swear to give them, even the children of Israel. We call that the promised land. Every place that the sole of your feet will tread. Notice they're going to have to tread on principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. They're going to have to use their God-given authority to possess or claim a promise from God. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon that I've given unto you as I promised to Moses. He promised it to Moses, made a promise, but Moses never possessed it. Just because God promised it doesn't guarantee it's going to come to pass in our life. We have to possess it. We have to fight for it. We have to use our God-given authority. We have to be bold as a lion. We have to tread on those giants that come against us, seven different tribes of giants in the promised land. Next slide, guys. Next slide. From the wilderness to this Lebanon. Now, what is he doing? He's giving them the boundaries of the promised land. He's reminding them of what belongs to them. Next verse, verse 5. There shall not be anybody able to stand before you all the days of your life. No one can stop you but you. As I was with Moses, I will be with you, presence of God. I won't fail you, can't lie, nor will I ever forsake you. Next verse, guys, verse 6. Be strong and have a good courage. What makes us strong? Claiming the promises of God. What makes us strong? What gives us strength? I had someone on staff today ask me, Pastor, how do you get the strength to fulfill the call of God on your life? They asked me, great question, isn't it? Someone on staff today, we were mentoring, coaching, and they asked me, Pastor, how do you get the strength to fulfill the call in your life? And I said, your quiet time, you're one-on-one with God. You're getting alone with God. You're meditating on the Word of God. The the Word of God uh, is sweeter than honey. The Word of God feeds your spirit. We talked about that earlier, one of our series, that spirit, soul, and body. You feed your spirit daily. Be strong and of a good courage. How do you do that? Claim a promise. For unto these people you will divide an inheritance. You have to know what belongs to you, which I promised to your father to give them. I gave it to them, but they never received it. I gave it to them, but they never took it. Okay? Next slide, verse 7. Only be thou strong. When God repeats it, it's serious. Be strong to be strong to claim the promises of God and very courageous. Right now, more than ever before, we need to pray for wisdom and we need to pray for courage. Wisdom and courage. I encourage you as a family, with your children, every day, 
you need to pray for wisdom, and you need to pray for courage in this day and hour. So he said, be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Don't turn to the right. Don't go to the left. Don't be, don't be distracted that you'll prosper wherever you go. God wants you to possess the promise and prosper as a result of claiming the promise, spiritually, physically, mentally, financially. Next slide, guys. Verse 8. The book of the law, now he's telling us how to be strong, how to claim how to claim a promise, how to possess our possessions. The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you will meditate. Everybody say meditate. But you will meditate therein day and night that you can observe to do all this written, and then you'll make your way prosperous, and you'll have good success. Next slide, guys. Let me give you some the seven promises that are listed here that as he claimed these promises, he would possess the promised land. It's when you and I claim the promises of God, we live the life he wants us to live. Oh, don't forget that. That's worth this series. Only when you claim the promises of God will you enter the promised land, type and shadow. Only when you and I claim the promises of God will we live the life God wants us to live. And God wants you to have his very best And God wants you to have a life of quality and quantity. So the seven promises that are listed here, let's look at them real quick as the team gets ready to come out, okay? Number one, every place you tread upon, it should say there, every place you tread upon, he's going to give it to you, okay? We might want to work on that tread, okay? The number two, number two, second promise, no man can stop you. This is the second promise he gave him. Number three, he said, next slide, guys. Number three, I will be with you. The fourth promise, I will not fail you. Seven promises that as he claimed them, they would possess the land, they would prosper and have good success. It's when you and I stop complaining and start claiming the promises of God, we start living the abundant life. I will not fail you. The fifth promise he gave him, the fifth promise on the slide, guys. I will not forsake you. I will not forsake you. The sixth, you will receive your inheritance. You will receive your inheritance. The seventh, I am with you wherever you go. I am with you wherever you go. Seven promises. As he claimed those promises, they would possess the land. They'd have the strength. They'd have the wisdom, have a capability to go in and claim the promised land. Or, could I say, live the abundant life. How to claim a promise of God through meditating on the Word of God. And number two is through prayer. The second way, this is your takeaway. So what you and I want to do is we want to get alone with God, one-on-one with God, in His Word, one-year Bible, Read it, then meditate on what you just read. And then number two, every day, pray and ask God to give you a revelation of what belongs to you so you can claim it. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love to all the saints, next slide, guys, verse 16. I cease not to give thanks for you in my prayers. So this is the prayer that he prayed. This is the prayer you and I pray. Verse 17, next verse. 
that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So every day, when your Bible, meditate on what we read, apply it to our life. Secondly, how to claim the promise of God. Ask God, God, show me what belongs to me. Show me what you promised to me. Show me my inheritance, right? Show me what I can do, what I can have, what I can be in you. Show me your purpose. Show me the life you have for me. I want your very best. Next slide, guys, verse 19. Verse 18, I'm sorry, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened and that you would know, that you would know what is the hope of his calling, everyone is called, and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Amen, somebody? If you got something tonight on how to claim the promises of God, give God praise right now for the word, for the promises. What is your next step in your faith? Well, here at Church on the Rock, we would love to help you. Maybe it's to learn more about discovering what it means to belong to a church family, being part of a small group, or using your God-given gifts to serve others. Head over to cotr.org slash next steps where you can find out more to all of these. Or if you're part of our online community, visit us at cotr.org slash online. Have a great week and don't forget that God is for you.